Welcome in to another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, and your host for the WSN podcast. We're coming at you for the third time in less than a week. I hope you're not getting sick of us. Um, you know, there's been a few times that we've taken some breaks when things were a little bit slow, but uh, there's a lot going on right now, and so it uh, it, it means that we're going to be uh, bringing you a little bit more uh, action, a few more episodes here. Uh, you know, in this next couple of weeks, couple of months. And this week, um, you know, we touched on a lot of the changes last week. We On, on Wednesday of last week, uh, Norbert uh, Durst and Mark Miller were on, and we talked about, you know, how the season has gone and what we thought might happen with the tournament and, you know, did some high-level uh, stuff looking at the season. And then uh, on Friday, after we got the news on Thursday that the WIAA had adjusted the divisional structure, Teams had moved their division from what they had been, um, you know, changes to the state tournament format, all those things. Uh, we we reconvened, Mark Norbert and I, and, and talked about that. Um, but want to uh, talk specifically this week about awards, postseason awards, uh, in in really focusing in on Mister and Miss Basketball. So we're going to have uh, Norbert and Mark join us here shortly, get their take on where things stand. Get their take on, you know, what what some of the unfortunate injuries to uh, to kids have meant for um, you know their eligibility for for those awards this year. Uh, you know, a unique year that we hope never happens again, where both front runners for Mister and Miss Basketball went out with injury early in the season and, and may neither one of them come back. We know that Maddie Wilkie from Beaver Dam is gone for the season with a torn ACL after seven and a half games. Patrick Baldwin Jr. from Sussex Hamilton um, out after a game and a half or so, uh, uh, just over a game uh, with a, an ankle sprain that he's still not back from. And, you know, we're not sure if he's going to be coming back at all at any point this season. Number one player in the country and in a number of services, ranking uh, recruiting services. And so there's, you know, a lot more than just even this year that that he's thinking about and focusing on. He's still got to pick a college, um, still a a few that he's considering. Um, But, you know, a a kid that um, ranked that high is a not only an elite Division one prospect, but, you know, has those uh, NBA aspirations in, you know, 12 months or so, roughly that have to come in the uh, th- thought process as well when it, you know, looking at do I return, how how does it work, is it worth it, all that stuff. So in, in a unique position where the front runners are out and others may be able to step in and, uh, you know, fill that role and, and step into a front runner or, or become Mr. Basketball or Miss Basketball. As we begin to look towards the end of the high school basketball season uh, much sooner than, than what we uh, probably anticipate and, and certainly sooner than it normally would be. Uh, we're, we're just over a month out from the girls basketball state tournament. In fact, uh, it's, it's time to take a little bit of a look, uh, a closer look at some awards and Mr. And Miss basketball information. We, we touched on it briefly last week uh, when, when uh, Mark and Norbert were on our, uh, on our podcast, but we going to dig into it closer. We're going to start with girls basketball. So we bring on our girls basketball expert, Norbert Durst, our girls basketball writer and content manager at WSN, to uh, to give us his thoughts, his take on where things stand in the race for that coveted Miss Basketball Award. Norb, we, uh, we've talked a lot lately. This is the third time we've talked in, in about a week, but 
know what? There's a lot going on, right? So that's not a bad thing. Yeah, that's always good to talk girls basketball. Just, you know, give that extra exposure for these these great players across the state. And it's a heck of a lot better, right, than not talking sports or not having sports at all as we were, uh, you know, in that time frame last year of the state tournament and spring sports and everything else. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take busy and, and a lot of things to talk about over nothing to talk about any day of the week. Um, but let's, let's focus in on, let's start with Miss Basketball. And, you know, it's, it's the most prestigious award in the state. It's, it's provided, uh, presented by the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association, sponsored by our good friends at Just a Game Fieldhouse uh, over there in Wisconsin Dells. And, uh, you know, some years it's pretty straightforward, it seems like. Some years it's, you know, a little bit more up in the air. We've talked about it earlier this year in that the heavy, heavy favorite for Miss Basketball, unfortunately, went down with injury relatively early in the year. That was Maddie Wilkie from Beaver Dam, committed to Wisconsin, a big recruit for uh, Jonathan Sippis, and of course a, a four-year, multi-year standout uh, at Beaver Dam. Uh, only played eight games, uh, seven and then a partial, I think it was, um, before tearing her ACL and, and unfortunately being lost for the year. And uh, I recall talking about it a little bit back then, but let's start with Maddie first of all, I guess. And, and I think I recall what your your thoughts were, but I want to ask you, you know, only playing eight games and being done for the year and, and not getting a chance to play in the postseason, you know, is is Maddie Wilkie in that conversation for Miss Basketball or, or unfortunately, to no fault of her own, does that injury kind of disqualifier or move her out of that conversation well i think she should still be in the conversation but as far as you know um being the front runner now that she is you know missed so much of the season obviously a uh, much different year than most years you know uh, her playing eight games is still you know a fair amount compared to some of the kids that were unable to play or maybe just got a couple games in so far but you know uh, it's it's a, like what mark miller talked about when the last time we talked about this a little bit you know, you, you, it is more of a, you know, full season type thing. So I think that obviously hurts her, but it's obviously not to hurt any of her fault. Um, you know, she was putting up some huge numbers um, when she, uh, before that injury, she was averaging nearly a triple double, um, just under 22 points per game. I mean, you can look at all of her stats. Uh, you know, she helped uh, Beaver Dam win two state titles. Obviously last year would have been nice to see that uh, a chance to for Beaver Dam to maybe get a four-peat there. Um, 86 and six career record, uh, you know, hasn't lost, uh, uh, didn't lose a, uh, postseason game and only in-state losses to Aquinas last season. So all the numbers are there, but unfortunately, uh, as you mentioned, lost for the season, um, you know, only able to play in eight games and, you know, seven full games and certainly hurts her, her chance to, uh, you know, be the, the clear front runner to win Miss Basketball. So if, if it's not Maddie Wilkie, who, again, I, I think everybody felt coming into the year was a pretty clear front runner, let's talk about some of the other candidates that would be in the mix. And, and you know, maybe it's good to break it down kind of into tiers. And, and, you know, instead of saying here's the top five or the top three or whatever it might be, you know, what would be kids in that tier one category where, you know, these are the kids that are strong favorites. These are the kids that you know, meet the qualifications, meet kind of the normal profile that you have of a Miss Basketball winner, which is uh, obviously somebody, uh, an outstanding player, you know, uh, somebody on a successful team, somebody likely that's that's going to be playing at the college level, 
somebody that's putting up outstanding stats and, and, you know, has got to be filling the stat sheet and making an impact in the game. There's kind of a standard profile for that. Uh, who would be those kids that you would put in that tier one category? Well, I think uh, Maddie Schreiber from Kimberly uh, definitely got to be in there. Um, Kimberly is a top ranked team in division one. Uh, Schreiber's leading the team with uh, just over 19 points per game. Um, she's headed to Green Bay. So, you know, all, all those are there. Uh, Bailey Butler at Blackhawk, she's just putting up just insane numbers this season. Um, you know, after kind of having to take the backseat a little bit in the scoring department, now is leading the state with over 30 points per game this year. Um, you know, over eight rebounds, nearly nine assists, just about seven steals. And, you know, it obviously is a little bit different, those stats at, at the Division Five level than, than higher divisions, but, you know, Bailey's the real deal. So those stats, while they might, you know, come down a little bit if, if she was on a, a bigger team, you know, uh, they're still, she's still a great player. And, you know, she's a winner. 93-1 and one career record at Blackhawk. Just outstanding. You know, the only loss she, she endured in high school is against Bangor as a freshman in the state title game. So, you know, she's she's got the motor. She's got all the stats, um, you know, and she's a winner. And, and that is a huge thing there. Um, you can also, I think you got to put in uh, Samuel Pitchka from Notre Dame. Um, she's, you know, leading that, uh, the Triton's team over 17 points per game. Uh, they're the top ranked team in division two, and they have just been rolling teams. Um, only one loss and that was to Kimberly. Um, and, uh, outside of that, like I said, they just been dominating. She's headed to university of St. Thomas, who is transitioning to a division one school next season. Um, so, you know, those were probably my next two as far as those those tier ones. And, and we should uh, mention as well, I think it's important to note that the WBCA does only uh, consider and, and it's only uh, presented to seniors. So there are some outstanding underclassmen that, you know, will have a shot at, at some point down the road. But the Miss Basketball, Mr. Basketball Award are uh, reserved for seniors, a, a change that was made well, gosh, it's almost 20 years ago now. Um, I believe Misty Bass from Jamesville Parker was the last player, boy or girl, to win that award uh, multiple times. I think she won it three times, right, in the early 2000s? I believe you're correct on that. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy, but she was outstanding. So, uh, again, some, some outstanding underclassmen that would be in the mix uh, down the road. But we're only talking about seniors because that's the, the players that are eligible for the award. So let's look at uh, Tier 2, Norb. Some kids that you know maybe aren't front runners, but are having outstanding seasons that are you know, in the mix if, if things fall right, if uh, you know, their team puts together a big finish, or, or maybe their team isn't you know, at that level from a team perspective, but they're outstanding you know, as an individual and, and at least deserve some consideration. Who would fall into that category for you, that, that Tier 2, that next level after... Uh, the top three that you mentioned? Uh, Chloe Van Zeeland from Kokana. Uh, you know, they're playing in a very tough FBA. You know, that league has, you know, five, six teams that are all legit. Um, you know, so it's the record isn't there like, you know, other kids are. Uh, Kokana is 12 and six, but her stats are there. Um, you know, leading that team over 14 points per game, uh, just about eight rebounds, also helps the team, uh, you know, three assists and a couple steals per game. So it's, um, you know, she's really doing a lot of things. And as a 6'1", 6'2", player, you know, she's um, 
got that ability to play in a, a lot of different areas on the court. Um, so, you know, while, again, that, that that overall record might not be there, she's got the stats, and she's she's a legit player that's headed to Illinois State. So, uh, a few others here, Kelly Genke from Freedom. You know, she's she's uh, leading that team in over 16 points per game. Sharpshooter from the outside, also averaging over over three assists per game. Um, you know, before the, the divisions got uh, moved up there, uh, they were the top-ranked team in Division III. Um, her sophomore year, she helped the team uh, get to the state state uh, state tournament you know green bay commit there she got a lot of early recruiting attention um i think the issue with with ginky not that it's any fault of her own either here's you know they also have a really good player in gabby johnson on that team also division one recruit recruit headed to st thomas and you know for her averaging uh thir over 13 points per game also nearly five assists per game you know she's putting stats across the board um that are you know um put her in that you know at least a little bit in the discussion and those a couple Marshall girls, you know, Anna Lutz um, averaging uh, 17 points per game. Um, Laura Nickel averaging, you know, her, her average went up quite a bit this year, up to 18.6 points per game. Also uh, really improved on her rebounding. Um, you know, she leads the team in steals. Uh, Lutz and Nickel, you know, led, uh, led Marshall to back-to-back -back Division three state, state championships. But the issue there is, you know, you have two kids that, you know, it, which one are you going to pick there? So, you know, they can be in the discussion, but it's going to be tough for one of those two to come out with uh, um, with uh, with Miss Basketball. Also, Chloe Dallas uh, has got to be mentioned here from Wabatosi East, um, averaging over 20 points, eight rebounds, over three steals per game. The issue with her is, you know, the team just doesn't have a great record, uh, three and nine overall. Um, she's putting up good numbers. She's one of the – she is the top uncommitted player in the – class of 2021 um, but again you know as far as the team goes I don't think that's enough to to push her into that that uh, that number one discussion any other players that you know I, I don't know if there's necessarily a tier three or, or what have you but any other players that you know deserve a, at least a, a mention or a special mention of some kind you know I think uh, Audrey Hatfield from Hudson uh, deserves a little bit of a, a notice um, Hudson is undefeated currently. She's uh, averaging 12 and 12 and 10. Not insane numbers, but you know um, she does a lot of things well for Hudson and is a big reason why they are undefeated. And another one of note is Phoebe Frenzel from Arrowhead, um, leading that team in with uh, over 15 points per game. Uh, the Warhawks are 13 and three, so you know they're they're making a strong push to maybe come out on top of that Classic Eight, which is uh, usually one of the better conferences in the state. All right, good stuff, Norma. Uh, still a little ways to go for these players, still opportunities for them to make a mark, to make a, uh, a big impact for their team, and, and thus in that Miss Basketball race. Certainly, uh, you know, the postseason and, and having your team in a good position is, uh, is a big part of it all. So it's going to be interesting to see how things come down the stretch and, and if or how some of those players separate themselves into uh, a favorite or a couple favorites. Um, heading down the stretch. One other thing I do want to check on quickly before we let you go is the status of, of Beaver Dam and, and a few of their players. We, we talked about Maddie Wilkie. We know that she's out for the season. However, the, the Golden Beavers have also played the last few games without Gabby Wilkie, her younger sister, 
And their most recent game, uh, they were without Natalie Jens as well, their second leading scorer. Uh, without those three, they still beat Portage 86-11 to as Paige Hodson had uh, 27 points, a big kind of coming out party for, for her, a, a Division One recruit that hasn't necessarily scored a ton. Um, but do you have an update on, on where things stand with the other Beaver Dam players, uh, Gabby Wilkie, Natalie Jens? Are, are we going to see them back soon or, or hopefully in time for the playoffs? I unfortunately do not have an update on Natalie Jens. I honestly didn't realize she did not play that last game. Um, but Gabby hopes to be back for the postseason. She's been out since, uh, I believe it's uh, just before the new year, uh, dislocated kneecap, but did not have any structural damage. So that the hope is, you know, um, from, you know, January 1, it'd be about a month. So, you know, they hope to have her back. But again, she's a freshman, already has an offer to Milwaukee. So they're not going to rush that by any means. But, you know, even though they've lost some, you know, especially, you know, losing Maddie and, and Gabby for that extended period of time, um, they're, they're still a grind team. You know, they might not have that star power they had, you know, at the start of the season, but they know how to win games. And when it comes down to winning games, um, you know, that Beaver Dam team has done so well in the past few years that those kids that even though they haven't played starring roles now are are getting a little bit more more opportunities. They're stepping up to the plate um, and, and doing really well. Now, the thing is, you know, can they keep that going and can they beat teams like a Notre Dame? Now, now I, I don't think they can do that. I think Notre Dame is, you know, uh, a much better team overall right now um, than anyone else in Division Two. Um, right. Again, I, I got ahead of myself. They're in Division Two. Beaver Dam is now in Division One, so it doesn't matter. But um, for for Beaver Dam now in that sectional one would have to deal with teams like Kimberly, Kakana, Appleton East. Um, so you know, as far as that goes, I think it's going to be tough for them to get to the state tournament. But like I said, they've really done well even with uh, dealing with those injuries. Yeah, it will be interesting to see uh, the the Beaver Dam team and all of those teams that were moved up and, and moved divisions, how it how it plays out, how it impacts things, how many of those teams that moved up are going to be able to, uh, you know, make some runs and uh, some of the teams maybe like Beaver Dam that are, you know, negatively impacted by that. That's certainly one of the things that we're going to be following throughout the uh, throughout the postseason. Norb, good insight as always on uh, on that Miss Basketball race and we'll continue to, uh, to touch base on that and uh, you know, all of the uh, the girls' basketball happenings here on the WSN podcast. And, of course, you can follow Norbert, uh, all his work on WSN. You can follow him on Twitter, at Norbert Durst. Norb, good to have you on, as always. Yeah, thanks for having me on. A great conversation with Norbert Durst, breaking down the Miss Basketball field and, and touching on a few other subjects. And, uh, you know, got to gotta play play fair. Uh, and, and so we'll give some attention, some focus to the Mr. Basketball Award, the, the boys hoops players in the state of Wisconsin that are in the mix, in the running. And of course, that means we'll bring on our boys basketball writer, Mark Miller, WBCA Hall of Famer, boys basketball writer for uh, for WSN, and a uh, longtime cover of high school basketball. Remind me, Mark, uh, what year is this for you, covering boys basketball uh, in the state in some fashion? Well, I guess it's 36 years for the yearbook, but uh, I also covered it for four years prior to that as a part-time sports writer for the Post-Crescent in Appleton. So I guess it's 40. Yikes. 40, 40 years, Mark. Cripes. I know. I'm, I only, know. 40, I'm only 40 years old, Mark. <laughs> well, I was 17 <laughs> when I started. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. 
Well, this has been a, uh, I'm sure, uh, a unique year from your time covering high school basketball. It's, you know, things that we've never seen before, whether it's masking, protocols, delays, changes, uh, in-season tournament adjustments, you know, all those things are uh, are unprecedented for, for what we have seen um, in in basketball history, to be to be quite honest with you, in the state of Wisconsin. Um, but we're going to focus our attention today because we did spend a, a lot of time last week talking about some of those changes and the divisional changes and, and breaking all that down. But again, our focus today is going to be on the Mr. Basketball uh, Award and get your thoughts on, on where things stand. You did uh, publish an article on WSN earlier this week, uh, breaking it down, but wanted to get your thoughts in uh, in audio format here on the podcast as well. As a reminder... The Mr. Basketball Award is presented by the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association. It's not a WSN award. It's not a Mark Miller award. Um, It is presented by the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association uh, in in conjunction uh, with their sponsors, Just a Game Fieldhouse, our our good friends over in Wisconsin Dells. Um, As a reminder, as we talked about in girls as well, it is only open to seniors. Uh, A change that was made a few years back, almost 20 years now, as, as we talked about Misty Bass, uh, from Janesville Parker, girls player was the last one, the only one maybe even, to win either Miss Basketball or Mr. Basketball in multiple years. So, uh, you know, w- when you look at Mr. Basketball, there's kind of a formula, right, Mark? It's, you know, you got to be an outstanding player, obviously. Usually you're going to be on a pretty successful team. You're going to have, you know, a good amount of buzz or, you know, history coming into the season. Um you know, it's not usually going to be a one-hit wonder for the most part. You got to put up stats. You got to you got to score the basketball. You've got to be, you know, a, a good player on the court and successful and productive. Um, there's kind of a standardized formula when it comes to what a Mister Basketball selection will be. I asked uh, Norbert to to kind of break it down into tiers, and and you did that in your article as well. Uh, so let's maybe take a look at some what would be considered tier one, or or in your uh, article you, you label them as favorites. These are the kids that you know check all those boxes that are putting up good numbers that you know would be the the top tier, the top favorites. However you want to categorize it, whether it's two kids or four kids or five kids, whatever. You know these are the kids that are uh, the the favorites, the front runners that uh, you know you would you would have in a tier one category for Mister Basketball. Who would some of those kids be? Well, uh, you know, the boys' situation is much like the girls' situation. Uh, our top front runner coming into the season, uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. of Sussex Hamilton, unfortunately, has only been able to play in about a, a game and a half because of an injury sustained in the second game. And just like Maddie Wilkie of, of Beaver Dam, it's, it kind of throws a, a monkey wrench a little bit into the selection. Um, you know, if Patrick can come back and play, that would certainly aid his chances of winning the award. But you know, he is, uh, he's ranked number one in, in a lot of the national recruiting sites as the number one prospect in the country. But unfortunately, he only played in one game. So you kind of have to weigh those two things. And uh, it wasn't anything of his doing, obviously, getting getting injured. But uh, uh, you got to be on the floor, really, to win the award. Um, and I think he would have been hands down the favorite to win it had had he been able to compete this season. And hopefully he'll come back. Um, it's still pretty doubtful that he will. Those high ankle sprains. Uh, as you know, Travis, they tend to they tend to linger, and and if you come back too soon, they can re-aggravate it, and uh, you know set you back even further. So, he did have 44 points in the one game he played, 
uh, a full game at least. Um, so, you know, he, he certainly proved that he is very talented. Uh, it's just that obviously you need to play in more than one game. So, uh, with that out of the way, uh, you know, the favorites, I think, are, are Brandon Podzinski of St. John's Military Academy, uh, Tyrese Hunter of St. Catharines, uh, Cam Palessi of Waukesha West. You might be able to toss a couple other guys in there, too. Um, but, I, I, you know, in looking at, the, um, looking at it uh, earlier this week, I thought those guys kind of stood out um, with the seasons that they're having for their respective schools. And, and you mentioned the formula, and, and you were correct on all of that. Um, you know, Brandon's uh, going into the game the other night, he was averaging 36 points and, and 9.7 rebounds and 4.9 assists. Uh, and having watched him live and then also uh, on stream a couple times this year, he just has taken his game to a, a whole nother level this year. He's handling the ball and facilitating their offense at St. John's Northwestern, and he's he's making shots. He's making big shots and close games against kind of a, a mixture of a schedule. They, they've scheduled some really good non-conference games. And then, um, and then of course, they have a couple of really tough opponents within the conference, but then they also have some weaker ones. So, um, but still, uh, you know, he just picked up an offer uh, the other day from, I think it was Wake Forest. He's got Illinois and um, Nebraska and Kentucky and Kansas. I mean, he's got some big, big people on him right now. So he's definitely in the mix. We talked about Baldwin and then Tyrese Hunter at St. Catharines. Uh, you know, they, they've won uh, going back to last year now, I think 40 in a row. Um, and Tyrese has been a huge part of all of that, of course. Uh, that's a little bit more balanced team at St. Catharines. They're, they're, un, they're ranked number one in Division Three, And, and Tyrese is, is averaging about 23 a game, about seven rebounds and about five assists. Um, very dynamic player, very athletic, and, um, uh, you know, a guy that can really make some wow plays. Uh, great defender, uh, teams with Kamari McGee in their backcourt uh, to – uh, to form, I think, unquestionably the top backcourt, two Division One players with Kamari going to Green Bay. Uh, so Tyrese is certainly in the mix. Uh, nobody can match his team success. And like I said, he's on a balanced team, so his numbers maybe aren't quite as high as some of the other guys. But he's certainly capable of going out and scoring 30 or more in any given game. Another guy that is having a great season is Cam Palessi of Waukesha West. Uh, he scored 44 the other day in a loss. Um, but his team is in first place in the Classic 8 Conference, and he's averaging just over 30 points, six rebounds, and five assists. Uh, and he's been he's proven to be a very, very difficult matchup for, for opponents in the Classic 8 because of his ability to post up, to score facing the basket, get to the foul line, um, you know, involve his teammates. Uh, just, just a solid all-around player. He's going to Valparaiso next year. So I think, you know, looking at it, th those guys kind of stand out to me, but you know, there are some others, too, uh, that I think could still get their way in here. Uh, we still have, you know, three-plus weeks of the regular season in the tournament to, to kind of evaluate how guys are coming. And uh, one guy I didn't write about um, in, the, in the article that uh, I think, well, a couple guys. One would be Preston Reedinger from Lourdes Academy. Um, he had a little bit of an injury in midseason, uh, or earlier this season, I should say, and came back. He's back healthy now. 
and I watched him on stream last night. He had 45 against Wanaki on 23 shots and has just played fantastic for Lourdes against a, a good schedule. They really went out and challenged themselves in their non-conference game. Another guy that's having a ter- terrific season that I didn't mention in the article, and I just want to give these two guys a little shout-out because of the season they're having, is Clayton Jenny of, of Edgerton. They have two losses, and, and Clayton's averaging over 30 a game, and, and you know, rebounding and passing and defending, just doing it all for Edgerton. So I wanted to give those two guys a shout-out as well. Uh, before we move on to other kids that kind of might be in that conversation, uh, maybe a little bit farther down, but you, you mentioned Patrick Baldwin being out in, in, you know, him potentially being the front runner coming into the year, but there were a couple other kids that coming into the season we thought might've been up there as well. In fact, a couple of kids, three total in the top 10 that as of right now are not playing three through the top 10 in your, uh, class of 2021 rankings, which is a very good, very deep class. You have Patrick Baldwin, uh, again, out. Jamari Sibley from Nicolay opted uh, out of the season and, is in fact, already playing at Maryland. And then Braden Daly from Cuba City has missed a good amount of time with a broken wrist. Another kid that is a multi-year varsity player, outstanding team, good stats. I mean, there were some really good kids that are, unfortunately, not really able to be in this conversation for various reasons that, you know, would have just added to the depth of, of all these ones that we're talking about. Right. Actually it was James Graham at Nicolay. Or James um, Graham. Yeah. What did I say? Jamari yeah. Sibley? Yes. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> You're just a year off or two. Um, but yeah, uh, obviously those three guys, uh, well, you know, I, I kept Patrick in there cause he's the number one ranked player in the country and has, has been just a, in my opinion, a great ambassador for high school basketball in the state over the last four years, just a really great kid. And, and, um, uh, you know, he did play in that one game and and had terrific numbers. You know, I think Braden would have been in the conversation and, and still could be, he still could be. Um, like I said, they, the, uh, in the article yesterday, I covered Cuba city on Tuesday and had an opportunity to talk to Jerry Pettigrew and saw Braden on the, on the bench. He still has his, his wrist in a cast, but it's coming off on February 1st. And like Jerry said in the article, you know, he's, Braden's telling him he's coming back. He's coming back. And you could tell he he definitely wanted to be in the game the other night against Darlington. Um, So hopefully he he can come back, you know, toward the end of the year and maybe for the playoffs, just like Patrick, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, I totally agree with with you on those comments on those players. Uh, They certainly would be in the mix. Uh, had not, um, you know, the injuries are in the case of Graham, his decision to, to graduate early, uh, not come into the mix. So we, we talked about some of the top tier guys, the, the tier one, the favorites, if you will. You mentioned a couple other kind of dark horses in, in addition. Who are some other guys that are kind of on the edge and in, in the conversation a little bit that would maybe fall into that tier two or, or others to watch? Um, right. Who are some of those kind of guys? Well, I think uh, you look to Brookfield because East and Central are both very good again. And I, I think Hayden Doyle at East and David Joplin at Central are two guys that uh, um, need a late push, uh, it, particularly in David's case in terms of the team success and so forth. Um, but I think they're both in the conversation as well. Uh, you know, Hayden Hayden's the leader uh, and does everything for Brookfield East. I mean, whether it's passing, rebounding, setting a screen, getting a loose ball, getting a big rebound, you know, making a big shot. He, he's just a pleasure to watch play the game because he affects it in so many different positive ways, not just with his scoring, although he is averaging 25 a game. Um, and the team is 13-2 and two, 
Um, and they don't have a Division One player on their roster, uh, unlike some of these other teams. You know, Hayden's going to Wash U in St. Louis to play Division Three ball at one of the nation's most prestigious academic and Division Three basketball programs, and, and he'll do very well there. But I, I think, it, you know, if Brookfield East continues to win, continues to, you know, maybe win the greater Metro and, and Hayden continues to shine, he's a guy that's going to pop up into that Tier 1 uh, discussion uh, quite quickly. And I could say the same for Joplin. You know, he's averaging about 25 and 10 right now for, for Brookfield Central. Um, and his his numbers have been consistent. The team has struggled just a little bit uh, in the sense that they, they've lost, I think, four games, um, which isn't bad for most people. But, of course, Brook Central is, is one of those teams that a lot of people thought, um, you know, is one of the elite, elite teams in the state this year. Uh, so, you know, let's say they win the rest of the games and all of a sudden they get on a roll in the playoffs and and and, and make advance the state tournament. He, too, could could go to that tier one, uh, you know, his ability to rebound and score in different ways would would certainly shine through. And then, uh, Travis, I put three other guys on here that probably are a little further down and might be in the same mix as Preston Reedinger and uh, Clayton Jenny. And those three guys are Mason Dorn at Seymour, Luke Healy at Hudson, and Zach Johnson at River Falls. All three playing very well, uh, scoring very well, leading successful teams, um, and and just having you know really good senior seasons. Um, so those are some of the guys uh, that I think are, will be in the mix for the award. Um, I would be surprised if anyone outside of that group, you know, popped in there. I guess it's possible, but uh, someone would have to really go crazy here over the last. Uh, three plus weeks of the regular season and then the, the three weeks of the tournament. So it's always fun to, to follow and watch. Unfortunately this year, uh, I think for everyone, everyone feels really badly for, for Baldwin and for Wilkie for getting injured and, and, you know, possibly being taken out of the running for the award. Um, you know, is it a, you always have that question, is it a, a four year award or is it just a, a senior season award? I think it's a little of both, but I, I do think the senior season has to be, big um you know so if two guys have have huge senior seasons and one guy maybe has achieved a little bit more over a four-year career that might that might tip the scales in his favor but uh to not play makes it pretty rough to to award uh, uh to give the award to to a player like baldwin or wilkie so let's hope uh, at least in the case of baldwin that he can come back i think maddie's probably done for the year from what norbert says so um, but let's hope that at least one of the two can come back and, and showcase what they can do on the court. It's an, it's been an unfortunate situation a number of times in recent years. We've seen kids go out with injury that, you know, missed a lot of time or, or maybe didn't come back at all. You go back to Joey Hauser, uh, Tyler Hero missed a, a good part of his, uh, his year. I, I can't remember if it was his junior or senior year. Um, you know, Maddie Wilkie, and there's been other girls players and Patrick Baldwin, um, we've had kids leave the state uh, or that have gone to out-of-state schools as well that you really just look at it and, and, you, and you you wish you would have got to see more of them, that they wouldn't have got injured, they would have stayed in state, whatever the case might be. Um, but hopefully, like you said, <clears throat> uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. can get back. We can see a, l- a little bit of him on the court. Maybe they can make a run to, to Madison. We haven't seen him you know, on that state stage since his freshman year when he was uh, part of that uh, strong freshman class that, that helped Sussex-Hamilton to state. Uh, they, they didn't make it as a, a sophomore. Their run got cut short as, uh, as a junior last year, and you sure hate to have his, uh, his opportunity end due to injury as a senior. Mark, good stuff as always. Uh, I'm sure we'll have uh, plenty more from you on uh, not only 
Mr. Basketball and other award favorites. But of course, as we lead up to the start of the high school basketball playoffs, which are only uh, a few short weeks away as we enter here into the later part of January. Mark, appreciate you joining us on the WSN podcast, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll chat at you again. Okay, well, thanks for having me on the podcast, Travis. I appreciate it. All right, uh, Mark Miller. For, uh, for Mark Miller, for Norbert Durst on the podcast today, I am Travis Wilson. This has been a WISSports.net podcast. We'll see you at a game.